Brian, uh, thank you for joining us. I understand you're not anywhere close to the U.S. at the moment. Where are you right now? I'm actually in Tübingen, Germany, a small uh, university town, 600 years old in southwest Germany, close to the French and to the Swiss borders, about 40 minutes away from Stuttgart. Wow, you know, uh, it sounds like there's a lot of history there. Uh, you know, you mentioned 600 years old. What's interesting is, despite you being in an area so rich with history and context out there, you're very much focused in an area that has very little of that today, which is blockchain. And part of the reason uh, that we asked you to come is based on both your interest as well as a lot of the cool things that you're doing in the space. Brian, you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, where your interest in blockchain comes from? As, as mentioned before, my name is Brian Joseph Gillot. I have to admit, uh, the first thing is that um, my interest in blockchains actually comes from, uh, I have to say, it started with Bitcoin. Um, back in 2009, 2010, I actually really paid attention to the first, um, the white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, and that left me very distracted for many years um, in the middle of my residency. Um, and I found myself really struck by how many different areas um, I found interesting and how I could not let it go. What was difficult for me between 2009, 2010, and 2013 was it was very difficult to find people to talk about Bitcoin and blockchains with. Right? So where what is actually interesting for me in this area is that, in theory, I have been a closet geek for probably about the past 40 years, 30 years. Interest in um, not just... Uh, the whole IT side, my first emails were sent out in the early 80s to my uncle who used to work at the Sarnoff Institute. Um, on the other side, I was there whenever things were happening with um, Phil Zimmerman and PGP. I have my original PGP keys out there on the key servers in, um, in I believe they were logged in 99. Um, and on the other side, I have this interest in um, politics, philosophy, economics. And as strange as it might sound, whenever I was doing my medical school degree, I actually attended a course at the Montreal Stock Exchange to learn about uh, financial assets and markets just out of pure interest. So whenever I came across Bitcoin and uh, the Nakamoto paper, it, it um, basically triggered interest in multiple areas that was very hard to put, to put down on the side. I have to admit, for years, I struggled with what can we do? It took, I should say, it took me a long time to understand what was going on below Bitcoin. And I actually searched for and looked for places where we can use this underlying technology where it might make some economic sense. And I struggled for years to a certain degree that lack of community to speak with people, I mean, to speak to about Bitcoins and blockchains, and also um, this search for where can it be applied, where it makes economic sense, um, was something that I thought 
might be partially satisfied or might help me get to where I want to intellectually whenever I saw that the University of Nicosia was offering a master's degree in 2013 specifically focused on distributed ledgers, digital assets, smart contracts, and cryptocurrency in general. So immediately I enrolled, got ex I applied, accepted, enrolled, and spent two plus years basically studying this in a more formal way. About the rest of me, I should say, the rest of my academic and professional career includes a Bachelor of Arts in French with a year of study in France, a Doctor of Medicine and a Master's of Surgery um, in, from McGill University in Montreal. Followed by that, I did a Doctor of Philosophy or PhD at the University of Oxford in transplantation immunology. And the final degree is the degree that I just spoke about, which was the Master of Digital Currency at the University of Nicosia. Clinically, I have been in numerous healthcare environments as a healthcare provider or a practitioner. Um, I did my training in general surgery at Yale University for the first few years, and then after that went to the University of California, San Francisco to complete my general surgery training. Went then to the University of Pennsylvania where I did my training in thoracic surgery, cardiac and cardiovascular surgery, and a year of heart failure transplantation surgery. And then spent a short amount of time in um, in, at Northwestern University in Chicago. I also spent some time on the European continent and at the University of Tübingen um, in the cardiac surgery department as well. So hopefully I somehow gained some exposure to how healthcare is delivered in multiple environments in different cultures. I currently work for Blockchain Health, which is a San Francisco software company. We are focused on exploiting blockchain technologies for, but not exclusively, but essentially mostly for the pharmaceutical industry. And like I said, we have a broad interest in blockchain technologies in multiple areas. However, for the pharmaceutical industry, we try to exploit the key attributes of blockchains to improve the um, clinical trial process as they go to um, demonstrate that drugs are effective and non-harmful before they submit those drugs to the FDA or other regulatory bodies for approval for entry into the market. This is normally in the form of a trial master file, which is a which is a monolithic document that records the entire um, record of what has occurred during a clinical trial. And the fact that we can be sure about the author and when a certain record was placed in the longitudinal record is of great value in that situation 
in that um, there's little, there are many players involved in producing that record. There is enormous scrutiny. There are ethical constraints. And the order in which things happen is actually very important. It is very important to demonstrate that a patient has agreed to participate in the trial before taking part in the trial. And it is also very important for a patient to demonstrate and to record that a patient has agreed to share their personal health information with any other party before it is actually shared. Those are the things that are scrutinized heavily in that environment. And also, to a certain degree, from the more scientific and academic point of view, we want to make sure that a certain trial adheres to the experimental design so that we know that there is actually, it is actually valid. And blockchain technology works very well in that, in that space. Another area that we like to think about and are trying to do work in are in developing systems to help satisfy the upcoming requirement for the Drug Supply Chain Safety Act, which was signed into law in 2013 and which will be fully implemented by 2023, where from raw material through every step of the manufacturing process, the packaging process, and to final delivery to the dispensing pharmacy, we need to be able to track and trace all pharmaceutical product so that we can constantly audit uh, that chain, hopefully in real time pick up Ill illegitimate drugs or discover where there are problems with a particular product, and then also to have the ability to quickly remove any product that is suspect and to immediately begin an investigation if appropriate. So those are the areas that we actually work with now, the pharmaceutical companies in the blockchain area. And like I said, we are actively thinking about many, many, many other areas and working in those areas as well. But those are the two hot topics at the moment. 